Hello, I'm James Critland, the Radio Futurologist, and I have a newsletter which you're clearly not getting because instead you're listening to this, which is me reading the newsletter out for people that are too lazy or, you know, busy uh, to read the newsletter. But thank you for listening anyway. And um, I hope you enjoy this. This is normally a one-take recording. It's This is my second take, I'll be honest. Uh, the first take I recorded on the internal microphone on my Mac, which uh, did not sound great. So, uh, yeah, you're very lucky in that I've read this all before, and I happen to know exactly how long it'll take me. So, great, brilliant. Let's kick on then. Um, I started writing this week about Commercial Radio Australia, who have had a really good week. They've succeeded in being allowed to collectively bargain on behalf of its uh, 261 member stations with Google and Facebook over payments for news content. Now, I happen to think that those payments are nonsense, but this is absolutely the point of an organisation like the CRA. And it's good news for radio, I think, that they're able to bargain as one industry. So good news that the CRA has been able to collectively uh, bargain on behalf of it. Then the CRA announced big changes to its Australian podcast ranker, which the CRA has commissioned since October 2019. The ranker will now be ordered by total audience rather than total downloads, which is good. And the release will also show audience reach and downloads for every podcast title in the ranker. Now, if you're unfamiliar with how the podcast ranker is worked out, each company in the ranker gives Triton Digital access to their raw server log files. And Triton takes those log files and passes them all in exactly the same way and to IAB standards. So it's a really well done thing. And unlike others in this space, Triton Digital have full access to the log files, including whether the whole podcast was actually downloaded. Now, PodTrack or Chartable don't do that, and they can't tell you that, whereas Triton can. So it's a good thing. And the Australian Podcast Ranker is open to anybody in podcasting. Indeed, my own pod news was in it for a while, though it never quite made the top 100, so I kind of gave up in the end. Now, it does highlight commercial radio's part in podcasting in this country. But there again, Spotify, Mamma Mia and Acast are conspicuously absent from the Australian podcast ranker. And Acast has been quite grumpily combative against it in recent months. So if anybody's to blame for commercial radio seeming to hog the Australian podcast ranker, it's Spotify, Mamma Mia and Acast because they're not there. And yes, it's a little disappointing that the ABC aren't there either. Technical issues, they say, although to be fair, that excuse is wearing a little bit thin after nearly two years. But for all the excitement, this is actually aligning with all of the other global reports from Triton Digital, who already show audience reach and downloads. But the CRA have corralled their members together... And they've convinced all of them to add transparency to their numbers. And those are numbers that ad agencies have asked for too. And that is a staggering achievement. The next numbers will appear on Tuesday, I gather, which will have all of this in there. And I've ordered popcorn. And just days after that announcement from the CRA, an even bigger one, they're evolving the way that they work out radio ratings. So they're um, getting rid of, well, they're slowly getting rid of paper diaries. They're being changed to e-diaries. It'll be half and half by the end of uh, 2021, a sample of 60,000 people per year using those um, e-diaries or online diaries. And the CRA is also adding wearable meters and using streaming server logs. Now, 
can't say I fully understand this, but this is what the press release says. It says, and let me read you a paragraph from it. The integration of streaming audiences via server logs and the GFK Sensic tag will commence early in 2022. Panels of 400 consumers in each of the five metro markets will also be asked to wear watch meters to calibrate, validate and ensure the streaming data is deduplicated. Streaming data will then be integrated with broadcast audience data accredited via gold standard radio analysis software and made available as part of regular ratings reports. Uh, a couple of things from that. Firstly, really please, it's gold standard radio analysis software and not bronze standard. That would be embarrassing. Um, but also secondly, and rather more seriously, um, GFK Sensic, uh, from what I can understand, looks quite similar to Google Analytics. It uses cookies, JavaScript to monitor events like a stream start and stop. And the watches, I think, are a method to add some checks and balances to that reporting tool. And the Sensic tool is already in the web player, I notice, of both Brisbane's B105 and 4BC. I went to have a quick check on earlier on this evening. So um, all of that stuff is already up and running. But all of this has been heralded with some quite good talk up, even if it's been an excuse for Mumbrella to dig up some juicy quotes about the existing uh, research. So congratulations to the CRA for achieving this in a positive way. Let me read you some of the juicy quotes that Mumbrella added to the bottom of their news story about this, because it's typical Mumbrella. Um, but it's very good. They quote somebody five years ago in a Mumbrella um, uh, 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 conference five years ago, the founder of a company called Hardhat, which I've never heard of before, uh, a man called Dan Monheit, who again, I've never heard of, but you know, I am foreign. Um, but uh, in there, he, he says, and I quote this, Let's spare a thought for the almost 12,000 participants out there. It's 60,000 actually, Dan. For the almost 12,000 participants out there completing radio surveys in 2017, these guys take with nothing more than good intentions, a paper diary, ballpoint pens and fucking stickers. These poor guys and gals are required to manually fill out this paper diary every 15 minutes for an entire week. That's over 400 manual entries per, per participant. And what's even crazier than taking out your workbook in rush hour traffic with no incentive is that the industry openly acknowledges that this is a memory test. People are asked what they remember listening to. I don't even remember my kids' birthdays, Dan says. And he goes on, these metrics are driving $1 billion of advertising spending in this country. What the fuck is going on here? Total fucking bullshit. I only hope that, you know, he, he, says, what he, he says what he feels. Anyway, um... The CRA is quite a force to be reckoned with. Um, some very positive developments this week, all achieved under home lockdown, I should point out, and it highlights the madness of those countries who don't have an effective equivalent. Countries like, for example, Canada, which doesn't have a radio lobbying body, and even the US doesn't have a dedicated radio association either. The NAB, of course, is um, probably rather more under the thumb of the TV broadcasters. The radio industry, by the way, in long-term decline in both Canada and the US, and I don't think that that's just a coincidence. You can subscribe to this if you'd rather read it. James.crid.land is where to go and subscribe.
to this newsletter. And it seems also almost churlish to compare the CRA's work here with the UK's radio ratings, but let's do that. Rajar has been using e-diaries for some time, so their measurement isn't quite as antiquated as some feel it is. I think I'm right in saying as well that uh, for Rajar, e-diaries, online diaries are the majority. But that said, Rajar hasn't bothered to put out any figures at all since March 2020 when the pandemic hit, because even if you use an e-diary, the initial interview with a researcher is, I believe, face-to-face. The good news is that Rajar's back. They're back. The next audience figures are out on Thursday, October the 28th, and a lot has changed, both in the radio market in the UK and in life. So it'll be really interesting to see what they say. Um, goodness, uh, an awful lot has changed. I mean, for a start, Times Radio wasn't even launched um, a year and a half ago. So who knows what the figures are going to be? Also, who knows how they're going to be worked out? Because quite a lot of these audience figures are six monthly. So if you've got six monthly figures, are you going to have like uh, um, three months from this year and three months from last year? I mean, I guess it's the only way of doing it. And I guess it'll cushion any major changes. But gosh, that'll be interesting to see, won't it? Uh, Perhaps we'll only see the full picture by March 2022. But in any case, as for a UK podcast ranker, well, the UK appears to be nowhere with that yet, at least. And that seems to be a real shame, because without the Edison Research Infinite Dial in the country either, and without any form of ranker, the UK numbers appear to be driven by Rajar's Midas survey. And that was similarly frozen. And the difference in compilation between Midas and um, the Edison Research Infinite Dial means I don't think it's a relative compa- uh, relevant comparison to other countries. I actually think that Rajar's doing podcasting a disservice. And perhaps, given that it's run by radio stations, perhaps that's the plan all along. Who knows? I think, uh, because you asked, that since radio is but one small part of the UK audio industry and Rajar is rather weaker than the gutsy CRA, I think that the UK podcast ranker might be commissioned by an inclusive and trusted third party in this space. And the only one that I can think of is, oddly, the British Podcast Awards, who seem to have everybody on their side. So perhaps that should be the, the body that actually starts putting the UK podcast ranker together. Who knows? Elsewhere, TV's Jeremy Kyle is coming back to the radio. He used to be on the radio on BRMB and Virgin Radio, and um, he's been on. Uh, he was on TV for a, a long time. Disappeared a few years ago after the incident. Anyway, he's headed to talk radio in the UK now. He's a class act, so it'll be good to hear his voice again. Glenn Wheatley is a um, a chap that used to own a lot of uh, Australian radio stations. He's preparing to sell a few in Queensland, which should be interesting. It could be a big, good purchase for Australia or ARN, given that the Gold Coast is a large and growing market, if they're allowed to own these uh, particular things. I should point out, if you're not from these parts, uh, the Gold Coast sounds like a nice place. Um, sounds like a, you know, a nice, quaint, uh, quaint area. Uh, it's, in fact, a really large city. Uh, it's basically Australia's, I don't know, what is it, sixth largest city, something like that. Um, I wonder if Wikipedia will tell me the Gold Coast. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a pretty large uh, place. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, 540,000 people who live there, apparently, according to the 
2016 United Nations census for some bizarre reason. Um, but it's a very large place. And uh, yeah, it would make an awful lot of sense, I think, for either ARN or for Nova, who own uh, stations in the big capital cities, to also own one in the Gold Coast. That would make perfect sense. Uh, if they're allowed to, of course. Uh, New Zealand have brought out some media consumption data. It's not good news for radio. Radio down from 67% daily reach in 2014 to 47% daily reach in 2021. Yikes. Podcasting is growing 13% daily, which is uh, quite a nice figure. It's the only thing to grow other than Netflix and those sorts of uh, SVOD uh, services. Uh, Worthwhile having a read. Uh, I link to those from our show notes and our newsletter today, or rather from my show notes and my newsletter today. A weird situation recently here in Australia when YouTube kicked Murdoch's faux Fox Sky News channel off their platform for a week for carrying misinformation about COVID. Now, YouTube um, uh, kicked them off. But did ACMA, which is the media regulator, kick them off um, broadcasting on free-to-air television? Did they hackers like? No. They sat on their grubby hands and they did nothing to upset Uncle Rupert. Uh, Tim Burrows, who's a media commentator, says that Kevin Rudd is right. Kevin has been... um, Uh, uh, fighting against Rupert Murdoch recently. Australia's media regulators are toothless. A new regime is needed, but unlikely, says Tim Burrows. Uh, He also, and I link to this as well, discusses Australian media earnings and strategy as well, which is a really, really good post if you want to understand what Australian media is all about. In Europe, European publishers are Uh, experimenting with paid audio in many different ways, not just podcasting. There's a great great piece from David Tverdon, who I uh, pronounced his name uh, last week in Pod News uh, very badly, um, but he did actually send me a a little uh, email telling me how to pronounce it, so hopefully I've pronounced it correctly this time. Uh, Austin Mitchell died recently, which is a shame. I never met him, but he was part of the Pennine Radio launch team in 1975. He was a friend of radio, and I link to uh, Ian Dale's um, uh, Ian Dale's piece about him. I also link to Matt Deegan, who wrote about UK radio's early failures with the internet. I'm not sure I agree with all of, about what Matt is saying. He's basically saying that UK radio has been rubbish with the internet. Not so sure. Um, And I think Virgin Radio did a pretty good thing in the early to mid-2000s. I think uh, Skyrock over in France also did too. Uh, I've not, though, seen an impressive radio website for some time now. And if you are aware of an impressive radio website, and I mean one that's not just a brochure for a radio station, because those are boring, um, if if there's one which is slightly more interesting, I'd love to have a look at it. Uh, please do uh, email them over to me, james at critland.net. Uh, the BBC has rolled out a better video player component for the web. Yawn, but it does go up to 11, uh, which is nice. It's been a little Easter egg that the BBC has done every Ever since, um, ever since the uh, the BBC iPlayer was launched in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. Um, and uh, either, depending on who you talk to, Richard Titus or Anthony Rose or Eric Huggers will all uh, suggest that they did that, and they probably all did. Uh, but I think it's a lovely thing that it's still there. 
Uh, I link to a nice bit from Rolling News Channel, the ABC News Channel in Australia. A lovely viewer shout out to an old lady that just sits there and watches the ABC News Channel every day. Crikey, can you imagine anything more dull? Um, but that's what they do. But it's a lovely little piece. Uh, it's well worth a read. Um, I also link to Viz, uh, which is an adult comic in the UK being very rude about commercial radio, which is worth a read. Uh, Libsyn's advertised cast has released transparent numbers about cost per thousands on their network, which is really interesting. This is what people are paying rather than what they're charging. So what people are paying in August 2021, based on an individual 60-second spot, the UK looks at 30 seconds for cost per thousand. So this is a 60-second spot, so I I believe it's 50% more. But anyway, uh, the average cost per thousand is $23.57. which is quite a lot. $23.57 USD in GBP. How much is that in Great British Pounds? It's 17 quid cost per thousand. I bet you're not doing 17 quid cost per thousand, UK radio industry. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, they'll be releasing transparent numbers every single month. Well, they're, they're, they're not transparent numbers, but they're numbers uh, that uh, luckily are opaque, so we can actually read them. Um, but, uh, yeah, good for them for doing that. I think that's a good thing. Other things I link to today, a video of Paul Gambo Gambaccini on the BBC News channel uh, sounding um, quite angry. He's uh, quite an angry man. I'm not sure we'll see him as a talking head anytime soon after that. Uh, He rather savaged Victoria Derbyshire, and I don't think he should have done personally. So boo, Gambo, boo. Not that I count for anything. Uh, Q107 Calgary had a lovely little video which I linked to. Um, It's offering a free subscription to Q107 Calgary. The point is that uh, it's it's, it's free. Radio's free. Hooray. Um, I don't think it's what consumers care about, but it's quite a funny and quite well put together video, and I do like it. I did only get nine likes, though, so I think that probably says everything. I'm sure it did very well on TikTok or Instagram or whatever the the kids are using these days. I also linked to an article from uh, John Maisels um, from Technorama, which is an Australian community radio engineering group. Uh, It's broadcasting lessons from 9-11. He is suggesting that uh, you have a backup on your backup on your backup. I'm suggesting, yeah, but be pragmatic about it. Because I think that the pandemic has taught us that we don't need to over-engineer anymore to quite that degree. And finally, in a world of consolidation and networking, it's good to see more local programming on my local news talk station, 4BC. Um, Instead of uh, taking something from Sydney between 11 and 3 in the afternoon, uh, they're now going to have something from Brisbane, which is uh, very excellent. It would be even more excellent if it wasn't far-right rabid nonsense. But nevertheless, uh, it's lovely to have local programming at the very least, even if it is rubbish. Uh, So um, uh, good for you, 4BC and Nine Radio, for doing that. Thank you to James Masterton, to Richard Hilton and to Brunn Audio Consulting for your ongoing support of this newsletter. I'm very grateful to you and for your ongoing support of this podcast too. It's absolutely not that necessary, but if you would like to support my work in any way, you can buy me a coffee. Uh, either you become a member to give regularly like James and Richard and uh, Rupert or just give a one-off coffee or five if you like. Uh, I forgot to link last week because I'm an idiot. But anyway, it's buymeacoffee.com slash James Cridland and there are people who I haven't thanked this week which I really, who I really ought to. 
So um, we'll probably get around to doing that too. But anyway, uh, that's lovely. Uh, my professional website, if you can imagine such a thing, is james.critland.net, which has more details about who I am and what I do. And that's it for this week. Keep listening. <laughs>